Hi humans. I am going live on Instagram as well as recording the podcast live. Um, just wanted to come on and show you that I am alive and in Greece. I will not show you Greece, but I can show you how sweaty I am from walking around Greece today. Uh, not the whole country, obviously, just the state, <laughs> the state, the city of Athens. Uh, so I went on an adventure today and I started um, taking small adventures every day, every other day, to um, get familiar with the city, get familiar with the metro. It was a whole thing. Um, but I'm learning a little bit at a time. Uh, I had a lovely lunch today at a place called Amber Athens, uh, which did their take on a euro, which was not your typical euro. Um, I will post pictures later, but it was amazing. The challenging bit is uh, I can get down to where I need to be now, but getting back is a challenge, but I did figure it out. The bus 35 drops me two blocks from my house, so that's kind of cool. Um, but that has kind of sparked what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. I say we because now I've got people watching, which is curious. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about detachment. I know I had mentioned it in the last episode. Um, and so it is a big part of codependency, but nobody really explains it well. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about detachment um, because I've been working on it and certainly for the last year really focused on um, spending time detaching from literally everything and everyone for the last year. Um, I was in Athens and Santorini a year ago in September, uh, which kind of sparked my desire to come out here. And in doing so, I went back home and looked at my entire life and was trying to decide what it is I wanted to do. Um, and so in January, uh, as I mentioned before, I had started the process of basically getting rid of everything right down to the studs and um, packing up my life and moving here. And so um, I've been here for, it'll be two weeks on Tuesday, which feels incredible and amazing and frightening and terrifying and holy shit, it's happening. Um, but the cool thing is that I was able to kind of follow my own process in detaching. And so um, I am an attachment human. Uh, I attach to things, I attach to people, I attach to places. Um, and I have had the extreme pleasure of having a career where I got to spend time with human beings and attach to them in their story. That being said, I also um, you know, made myself vulnerable and available for them to attach to me. Um, and so I think I mentioned before, in the last couple episodes of Exodusennial and certainly uh, the LX2 Codependency podcast, the challenge of detaching from all of the humans. Um, part of why I wanted to do a live is because it's easier for me to look somewhere <laughs> than to look up and just talk to myself. So um, basically, let me just describe detachment. Um, there's a beautiful video, and I will find it and post it in my story reel. Um, but basically, it's the concept of, of real, really just holding 
space for whatever comes into your life. Um, I have two white tattoos, which you cannot see on video, uh, but one of them says it's beyond my control because I am a control human, but I really try not to control things. And the other one says be the bull. And so a few years ago, maybe about 11 years ago now, a girlfriend and I were walking and we were talking about uh, being control humans and how we're always trying to have our hands on stuff, right? And so she said, well, what if we just change the orientation of our hands to be the bowl? Um, bowl, B-O-W-L. And to be a receptacle or be receiving of whatever comes, what I know to be true is that the universe gives us everything that we need. And I say that a lot because it has been my experience that every lesson, every challenge, every scooter, <laughs> every hard thing um, comes when it's supposed to. And so when you are receiving of whatever comes, you're not controlling it. You're not crushing it. You're not smashing it. You're not holding on to it forever. Um, and so the process of detachment is really just being the vessel, being open to whatever comes. And that is a really hard thing to do as human beings because we often want to hold on to things, especially when they're good. Um, we want to hold on to them forever. We want to hold on to relationships. We want to hold on to people. We want to hold on to your coffee frother. Um, I say that in jest because in the process of getting rid of all of my things, I literally was thinking about bringing my coffee frother with me to Greece, um, which was real dumb because I cut so much weight that it, it was gone basically about a month before I was going to leave. But I really, really wanted to bring it. Um, but we attach to stuff, and that's normal. Um, and especially when we grow up in kind of chaos or when we don't have a lot of resources, we want to hold on to things. Um, and certainly when it comes to people, we want to hold on to human beings and relationships because they're what makes us feel stable and secure. And I know for myself, um, as an anxious and avoidant attacher, I don't allow myself to attach to human beings. I think that I'm aloof and I'm like, oh, it's fine, I don't really want that. Um, but that's not true. I really do. And I have lots of friends and lots of people in my life. And I'm super grateful. Um, but I attach to relationships. I attach to people. I attach to love. The cool thing about love is that you it happens whether or not you're attached. Water. Um, but in this process, I had to detach from all of the human beings in my life. Because here in, in Greece, and certainly in Athens, I don't know anybody. And so um, that's been a challenge for the last two weeks for sure, is to kind of figure out the time change and when I can text my people and when they can text me. Um, fortunately, I've had the tremendous blessing of being able to video chat with my friends and to text with people and, and all of those things. Um, my clients. <laughs> I did tell you that I have the same number. I do not, because I had to get a Greek number. Um, I will not be sharing that, but you can reach me on here if you really need to. Um, but I've given my clients all of the resources that they need to be able to uh, continue their journey and growth and healing. But the process of detachment um, is a very important piece, uh, especially regarding codependency, because we have this need to control things or to attach to things. And in doing so, what we end up doing is carrying a lot of extra stuff that we don't need. 
Um, it's really interesting because I brought two bags to Greece and my, um, my tactical backpack, which I usually carry when I fly anywhere. And so that's it, two bags and one backpack, and that's all that I brought. Um, and so I had to let go of all of the things that I thought were necessary, right? Um, when we are codependent, and I identify as a former codependent, I'm constantly working on it, but I attach so much. We attach meaning, we attach purpose, we attach not just physically, but we attach to the idea of people, relationships, things. You know, I, in getting rid of all of my stuff, I had attached a lot of meaning to everything that I had. And that was really challenging because then I had to get rid of it. Um, I consciously chose, like nobody was making me, but it was a difficult thing to detach from the stuff. The people part was a little bit easier because humans will be in your life in whatever capacity they're supposed to be for as long as they're supposed to be. Um, and so it's really difficult, I think, because we human beings like to attach a lot of meaning to the relationships that we have. And so with this concept of forever, especially when it comes to like romantic relationships, but even in relationships with our children or our people, or our best friends or whatever, your BFF, your best friend forever. Um, fortunately, I have had really good best friends in my life, but nothing lasts forever. I don't know if you've ever experienced forever. I've never experienced forever. I don't know what that looks like. But I know that in this moment, I have people that love me and I'm super grateful for that. So really recognizing with an open hand or an open heart to let people come into your life when they're supposed to and spend the time that they are, then you really get an opportunity to cherish the moments that you get and not have to carry so much of the burden of, we have to make this work forever. Now, that being said, it is important to work on the skills like communication, compromise, you know, even conflict, so that we can retain the people in our lives. But the difficult part is that it's not always something that we can do easily when the relationships that we're in are challenging or difficult. Um, and so we think about the concept of family and everybody's concept of family is different and sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative and sometimes it's a little bit wonky and weird. Um, but especially in my culture and, and certainly at home, um, the Latino culture, the Catholic culture, the New Mexico culture, all of those, your family is supposed to be the most important thing. Um, but some of us have really challenging family relationships. And so, you know, blood over everything and all of these things make it really difficult to individuate and create space so that we can all continue to grow. And so when we think about the concept of detachment specific to family, really recognizing, is this relationship working with me and for me right now, or is it difficult and do I need to take some space from it? I have the extreme pleasure of having a lot of siblings. I say extreme pleasure today because they're all far away and I love them from far away. Um, but they all have their own lives. I am the oldest of them. So it was my responsibility at a very young age to have to take care of them, uh, both in kind of a babysitting way, but also just to kind of nurture them and help them grow. And I love them. They are amazing human beings. 
Um, but at different points in their adulthood, I have had challenges with taking, taking care of them. Um, and so at different points, through different circumstances and situations, like at one point I was going to move across the country to take care of one of my sisters because, you know, she was in a shitty relationship. Not really helpful. Um, but I honestly, like I told my boss, I told my husband at the time, I was going to move across the country. And my boss was like, well, that, she's a grown up, right? And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going. Um, and so I really thought about it. Uh, another time, Different sibling brought a boyfriend to my house. Guy was kind of a douche. And I asserted my, you know, Latina sass. And I was like, look, motherfucker, like, if you hurt my sister, blah, 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 blah. Not helpful, right? She was going to figure that out on her own. And she eventually did. Um, to the same point, I have a daughter when she was very young. Um, she was not doing her homework. She was not doing well. And I think it was the sixth grade. Um, and I was up her ass constantly, like, you gotta do your homework and blah, 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 blah. And the therapist once told me like, you're more worried about her homework than she is, which was eye-opening for me. Um, and so I took a step back and I continued to take a step back. And all of those processes are detaching from the situation. And so really recognizing that the adults in our lives and certainly the humans in our lives are gonna do what they're gonna do. And we only have a certain amount of influence and we can choose how we interact with them. So we can do it in a way that is helpful. I support you, I'm here if you need help, um, but we can also do it in a controlling way which kind of puts people off and makes it difficult for them to assert their own independence and learn the lessons that they need to learn. In the process of detaching, um, I detached from hundreds of clients. That seems like a lot, uh, but they were all at different levels of healing. And so a lot of times when I was working with clients, it was really teaching them how to detach from outcomes. This is my emotional support water. It really is water. Um, and so detaching from outcomes is what I put in a lot of their notes. Some of them have their files now, and so you can look back on your notes and it'll say detaching from outcomes successfully. Um, but the idea of detaching from outcomes is really important. It's really important to recognize that the outcome of whatever happens, we only have a small amount of control. And I've told clients often, the things that we can control are our choices and our behavior. That's it. We can't control anything else. We can't control our thoughts, because thought wrangler, I am not good at that. Uh, we can't control our emotions, feelings just come up and that happens but we can control our choices and our behavior. And so when we recognize what we can control, then we can detach from all of those other things and really just kind of be present and be accepting of the situation, which takes the emotional burden off of us and puts it back on the person who's actually dealing with the situation. Um, and so that's hard because we love our people, right? We love our, we love our mom, we love our brother, we love our partner, we love them and we want the best for them. But it's not our job. It's our job to love them, but it's not our job to, to like manipulate or control the situation so that they're not getting what they need. And what they need oftentimes is to go through that hard situation with love and support to figure out how to do it better. That being said, 
part of the, the book that I'm writing, I'm writing different essays and different chapters, and one of the ones I was writing yesterday um, was The Empath's Dilemma, uh, because we are conditioned, actually, it's, it's a sociological process that happens in our brain, psychological, physiological, to be empathic, to um, recognize that someone else is having a hard time or having an emotional reaction, and so oftentimes we want to comfort people. Um, the difference between empathy and sympathy, just quickly, empathy is I can imagine what that feels like. I can imagine what loss is. And even if I've never lost a parent, which I have, um, I can imagine that that's really hard and you're having a hard time. I can imagine that, you know, if you're having a hard day at work, I've had hard days at work, and so from an empathic perspective, I can imagine that it's just kind of shitty and it's rough for you right now. Um, but the, the sympathy part is, wow, that sucks, and that's all. Um, the difficult piece is to recognize that someone is having a feeling and then letting them know, I see that you're having a feeling, and I'm here if you need support, if you need to problem solve, if you need to talk about it, um, but I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm just going to bear witness to the suffering or the challenge that you're going through, and I'm going to be here if you need me, but I'm not going to fix it or change it for you. Because they don't have that power. Quite honestly, we have, like I said, very little control over anything, but what we do have the ability to do is bear witness to someone else's feelings and just be present. As a therapist, it was my extreme pleasure to be with people when they were going through really hard things. And... I could not fix any of it, quite literally, but I could be present for them and recognize that that's what they were going through and then help them, if that's what they wanted, to problem solve in a better way to do that. And so I learned through my work how to practice detachment in that way so that I didn't become overly burdened or stressed out because these people that I had the extreme pleasure of working with were going through really hard things. Part of my job was to help people while they were going through grief, while they were going through transition, while they were, you know, saying goodbye to their children who were going off to college. Um, I worked with uh, new moms in, in postpartum, and so they were very excited about having this new baby, but they were also really stressed and anxious. Um, I worked perinatal, so before they had the baby, and a lot of times, especially with new moms, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that process. And so me being able to, again, just bear witness, sit with them, talk about it. Let's talk about your anxiety. I had one client who just could not sleep. She was so uncomfortable. And a lack of sleep definitely exacerbates an emotional response. And so from a detached perspective, we talked about how to sleep better, but also just to talk about getting those things out of her brain that were kind of creating a lot of anxiety and really stressing her out. Um, I have, in the 10 years that I worked, spent a lot of time with people going through all sorts of things. And, and I've had the extreme pleasure of having a very long career. And so um, really happy things, really challenging things, um, really devastating things. And I can't take all of that on. It's not my job to pick up everybody's emotions and carry it. It's my job, and it was my job for a long time, to just sit with them 
in that space and then work towards building skills so that they could do it better. And that was the biggest lesson for me in detachment. Really recognizing that I can hold the space, I can be the vessel, I can be that safe place or safe person for people to unburden themselves and I don't have to pick it up, I just have to let it be. And I got really good at that, um, certainly in a, in a professional capacity. Uh, in a personal capacity, still working on it. Um, but the last year was a lot of me doing that, that very thing of really recognizing the importance of the things that I collected or the people that I connected with or the places that I inhabited um, had to detach from my home. And that was hard because I loved the space that I was in. Uh, the two years that I was there really helped to grow me and helped me to become a more independent person so that I could come on this trip and be by myself. Um, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I have been the oldest of six human beings. Um, I have always been needed by people. Um, changing diapers, watching humans, finding shoes, all the things. Uh, so I had my siblings and then I had my daughter when I was 20. Um, again, shoes, diapers, all the things. And so I've always, people have always needed me. People always needed me to take care of them, to do stuff for them, all the things. And so it took me a long time, and certainly in the two years before I came out here, to really get comfortable with people not needing me. Um, and my clients will tell you that they needed me, but they didn't. They needed to kind of figure out how to do that, that thing, that healing, that growing, whatever it was. They learned how to do that on their own. Um, but it was, it was my pleasure and my job to teach them the skills to be able to do that. Um, but in detaching from places, in detaching from things, in detaching from people, um, I talk about it and I talked about it in my last podcast, it felt like ripping my skin off because everything that, that I have been, my whole being, was attached to this way of life. And in letting go of everything, I detached from all of it. And towards the end, and, and I think I mentioned this in the last couple episodes, I felt unmoored. I felt completely unattached to everything and everyone. And that was really hard. But as you practice detachment, as you recognize that things, people, circumstances come into your life and they're here for a moment. I keep doing this because in, in the one video it talks about like a butterfly landing in your hand and just being able to appreciate it and observe it and recognize its beauty and the moment of it and then letting it go. And our lives are a lot like that because we go through different seasons, we go through different times, we go through different challenges and when we do that we don't have to hold on to the negative parts. Because as much as we think that we attach to the positive things, life is not always positive. There's a lot of shitty parts, a lot of shitty parts. And if you get the, you know, the gift of being able to live for a certain amount of time, I'm 49 years old. Trust me when I tell you, I've gone through many shitty things. Um, we attach more to the shitty things than we do to the really good things. I have 
had loss, I've had grief, I've had devastating, fucked up things happen. And I could attach to all of those and then have those define who I am, or I could recognize that they were moments and they were opportunities. And I had the opportunity to learn something and grow from it, and I did. And so I've been able to use that, that wealth of information to help clients so that they can also recognize, because people don't come to me when things are great. <laughs> they come when things are really difficult, challenging, and hard. And so my ability to kind of sit with them and say, yeah, absolutely, this is a really fucked up situation, and let's work through it so that we recognize that there is hope at the end of this process so that you can continue to live life and it doesn't feel so burdensome because a lot of times that's what life feels like it feels very difficult <laughs> because there are difficult parts and and i'd be remiss to say you know well it's fucking great and you'll just get over it that's not true life sucks a lot of times but it doesn't suck always and so what i love about the practice of detachment is really just letting it be what it is for the moment and not get so overwhelmed with the really shitty parts because those are the ones we attach to. Those are the ones that we're like, well, this is just who I am. I'm, you know, my life is always going to be blah, blah, blah thing. Terrible. Um, that's not true, but that's how it feels. And especially when you have chronic anxiety and depression, either clinical or situational or whatever, when we hold on to this is this is my life this shitty part then you're not going to see the other things and there are so many beautiful things to be grateful for in this process of detachment what it is is it gives you the opportunity to find the gratitude and i talk about gratitude a lot i talk about a lot of things a lot because now i'm all dry mouth uh, <laughs> I talk about gratitude a lot because we take for granted so many parts of our lives that are beautiful, that are amazing and wondrous, right? Um, and I say that and it sounds magical, and it is, but truly the wondrous parts of life are not these big crazy moments. What they are is, you know, I saw like three waterfalls today. That was pretty cool. Um, I got to see, <laughs> I, I'm in Athens, so obviously looking at the Acropolis, just riding around on a bus, kind of fucking wondrous. Um, you know, I, I wake up in Greece every fucking morning. Like, that's amazing. I have found really cool things to do here that are not like magical sparks fly out of your ass opportunities. They're just really cool things. And I'm doing this consciously, finding the gratitude. Every morning I wake up in this beautiful space um, that's all paid for, so I don't have to stress about rent or whatever. I paid for it, and that's not like paid for by somebody else. Um, but I, I get to wake up here. And so I get the opportunity to write. I get the opportunity to record my podcast. I get the opportunity to create content. It's kind of cool, to be quite honest, and that gratitude that I wake up with is what gets me through the hard parts, is what gets me through the time change when I know that, you know, most people, I'm, 
I'm nine, eight, nine hours ahead. I'm a lot of hours ahead. It is currently 6.42 p.m. Um, and I had a great day and I could not wait to get on here and share that with you because I have this great opportunity to do life the way I want to. Not everybody has that and I worked really hard to create this. Um, when I tell people what I'm doing, they're just like, oh my God, that's amazing. And it is. And, and I, I don't take that for granted. Um, but I also recognize that I put in a lot of work to be able to get to this place. And so I'm going to be grateful. Grateful for, one, the opportunity, two, my hard work, and three, really being able to make the choices, choices and behavior, things we can control, the choices that I have made to get to this place. And so it's taken me a while and it continues to be a challenge. It's an opportunity for me to learn and grow working with detachment, really working on not attaching so much to everything that's happened before now or every human that's ever come into my life. I am so grateful with every interaction that I have to be able to say, hey, thank you for this moment. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for sitting with me and having a coffee. I met a lovely girl at a um, restaurant today, Elena, um, and she was just the sweetest thing. And I'm super grateful for that opportunity, right? Like, I <laughs> not gonna lie, I took like four buses to get back. And each time I got off in the wrong place and I didn't know where I was and I had to check my phone, um, I could have been really frustrated by it and I could have been um, overwhelmed and frustrated. But in this practice of detachment, I got the opportunity to be grateful because as I was riding the right bus back, uh, I was like, here's all these cool places that I can take my sister when she comes or anybody that wants to come visit. Um, but I, I was able to find these things, right? There's a gorgeous park across the way. Um, it's kind of like a central park. Um, it's got lots of different seating areas. It's got a, um, a live uh, venue for music and theater. I don't know, it's really cool. Um, but I get to walk there every day. It's literally like a block from where I'm, where I'm at. And I, I walk two or three miles a day. Um, <laughs> I rolled my ankle a year ago, two years ago in September, and so it's a little weak, and so I stepped on something weird. I put on my brace, I can still do it. Like, I could be upset, or I could be grateful, and I choose very consciously to find the gratitude. Like I said, there are gonna be shitty days, there are gonna be shitty times, there are gonna be really devastating things that happen, and then there will be a beautiful opportunity, wondrous things coffee in the morning, I found some lemon green tea something. That's really good with a sour cherry juice that comes in a juice box. I'm learning so many things about European packaging. Um, but I choose to find the gratitude. I choose to find the wonder. I choose to find the beauty in every day because the shitty parts are gonna come. I don't have any control over that. I recognize that. But what I know to be true is that when I can find the gratitude in the small things, it gets me past my anxiety. It gets me past, you know, those depressive moments. I'm curious to see what November looks like for me. Um, but really practicing this idea of not holding on to anything, just being receiving of what comes, 
universe, God, creator, whatever it is, the path shows itself to you. And if you get an opportunity, take a step forward, go on an adventure. I mean, for those of us back, for those of you back in Albuquerque, because I'm in Athens, uh, go for a walk. Go for, I went for a walk every day in my neighborhood. I could literally go within a four mile radius anywhere. And I saw so many cool things. And so taking that opportunity, when you feel overwhelmed or stressed out, to detach from the moment that sucks, because there will be sucky moments, and then go out and do something wondrous. If you are struggling, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, write in your journal. I have been journaling every day, probably the longest time I've ever journaled consistently. Um, Meditate, you know, pray, go to your church, synagogue, worship center, whatever you do, whatever does it for you to find that moment of peace, don't attach to the moment, just let yourself have it and then move forward. Because there is nothing, nothing that will stop you, except for you, if you have a shitty opportunity. Like, there will be shitty moments. They will come. I am not here to tell you that they're not going to. I have shitty moments, even in Greece. And then I recognize it's just a moment, and I breathe, and I ground, and I center. And then I start over, and I take five fucking buses to get back here to be live with you. So, this episode of LX2 Codependency uh, Coaching, um, or X to the Zenial, or whatever, will be on wherever you get podcasts. Um, I will hopefully do this again in a week, um, trying to stick to Fridays. Thank you so much for watching, um, and thank you so much for listening. And hopefully, you know, we'll continue having this interaction, but I also wanted to come live and just, you know, give proof of life that I am still alive and I am here doing a thing. Um, And for those of you who miss my face, it was really good to see you. Um, So yes, check out X X to the LX2, it's LX2 Codependency on all major podcast platforms, Um, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Um, It's posted on Podbean, but you can Google it, Google Podcasts, you can find this podcast anywhere. Um, and so if you haven't had an opportunity to share LX2 or um, Luna X2 on Instagram, share with people if you find value in what I just did and what I just said. Um, I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much. We did it, guys. I did a live, and that happened. <laughs> so I'm going to end the podcast. I'm going to end this uh, this video. But thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. It's really good to see that you guys are watching. And I love you so much. Bye. All right. So just ended the video. I wanted to uh, say again, this is LX2 Codependency Coaching Podcast. You can find us anywhere. You can reach me on um, Instagram. LX, LX2 underscore LLC, something like that. I can't remember what it is. Um, <laughs> I will eventually create uh, a Gmail for LX2 Codependency Coaching. Um, and then you can also reach me on Instagram. Take care. <laughs>